The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Babakama has been generously sponsored in our Dafyumi program by our good friend and patron and charter member of our Dafyumi class, Siyahu Ashar HaKohen and his dear wife, Rina, that Dazat Hashem, they will have continued Hatzlacha, Harvacha, Bechol, Maaseh, Yedehem, Biriut, Health, Happiness, Prosperity, and much Nachat from their children. May they enjoy many years of Shalom, Bayit, uh, Tranquility, and Peace of Mind. Amen, Amen. we are right on the second line of the Gemara. Sha'adu Tamidavit Rabban Gamliel. They asked the students of Rabban Gamliel, Ma'u Gadel, what is the deen to be Megadel? Shin Behemadaka. Can you raise a Behemadaka? And it's, uh, we learned in the Mishnah, you're not allowed. But they're asking a seemingly a simple question. Can you raise sheep or goats in Eretz Israel? Amalem Mutar. Yeah, yeah, no problem. What do you mean? The Mishnah clearly says you cannot raise them. Oh, the short, not to raise them. Which means, are you allowed to keep them in Eretz Israel? Uh, meaning, to, to, for a certain period of time. Yes, you can keep them so long as they do not go out in the flock. If you want to bring an animal into Eretz Israel, the only way is you have to tie it to your bedpost, which means we don't, we don't, you cannot leave it in your backyard because it's going to roam. And the only way you can keep them in Israel is to tie it to your bedpost. As she says, Rabbis argue. Rabbis say, even though they're tying it to your bedpost, you cannot. That's the Mishnah. Right? Mishnah said, you can't bring it into your... He's, he's, he's giving you a stipulation. He's saying, uh, if you bring it into Israel, with a tying it to your bedpost, which means that's not going to go out and uh, eat, it's okay. But again, as she says clearly, the rabbis argue on this. Okay. They say you're not allowed to... Uh, only the 30-day rule the rabbis agree to. The 30-day before the uh, holiday, 30 days before the wedding, the tabah. But stop, for a regular guy just to bring animals in and tie to his bed, they don't trust it, no good. Tarot of Banan, the tells a story. He had heart problems. Hasid, he was having problems with his heart. Sha'adu, Lerofim, say, where's the doctors? The Amru, Eno Takana, nothing gonna help him. Ad Shinak Halaf Roteyah, until he actually uh, sucks the hot milk from the sheep. So therefore, he needs, uh, he needs hot milk, that's going to cure his heart. So what did he do? Mishaharit, so from morning to morning. So every morning he has to, that's his prescription. He has to nurse, so to speak, from the uh, hot milk of the, uh, of the animal. So he rode a goat. And they tied it to his bedpost. And every morning he would be, your neck from it. 
One day, his friends came to visit him. I can't believe it. They see the guy has a goat in Eretz Yisrael, tied to his bedpost. The rabbis went to visit him. They said, we got to get out of here. They turned back. The guy has armed robbers in his house. This is an armed robber. Because the sheep goes around and the goat goes around and steals and eats from other people. The guy's uh, housing an armed robber. We're going to go and uh, visit him. They went and they checked this guy out, this chassid. The only sin that they were able to find in his uh, roster is this sin that he raised a, uh, that he brought a, as a goat into Israel. Even at the time of his death, the chassid said, Because I went against the words of my friends. Now, this is over here, very difficult story to understand. Because the Chaurai needed to keep him alive. So the Chaurai, if it's in Yana Pikuach Nefesh, so what, what do you want? First of all, you have Rabban Gamliel, says you could tie it to the bed. Okay, but obviously the rabbis argued. So, okay, so the rabbis argued, so therefore he was following Rabban Gamliel, which is Da'at Yahid, and uh, that was wrong, because really you have to follow the opinion of the Rabbin. But if you say it was Pikuach Nefesh, so therefore what's the... You know, what's the yeah, Unless you want to say, unless you have to say that it wasn't Pikuach Nefesh. Unless you have to say that what? Right? He had a, uh, he had, uh, you know, uh, something that he was able to. But the whole thing said, and the Takana. So he says over here. Uh, um, the Me'idi writes over here that's only talking about a Takana. Me'u Hedet. Sof, sof. Right? We're being so, uh, so mahmid over here. So one says, Okay, that's one answer. He wasn't misukan. It wasn't, it wasn't so dangerous. Um, yeah, otherwise you have to, you have to say it wasn't, it wasn't that. It was a minor ailment, you have to say. So therefore he could have, well, he should have stayed suffering. Because of uh, really the rabbis, once the rabbis make a takana, it's takana, you know, to uh, go against it. Comes the Gemara and says, <laughs> Comes the Gemara and says, Amar Bishma'el, the Bishma'el said, Mibale Batim, Shebagalil Alion, Hayubet Abba, my father, was from the Ba'ale Batim in the upper Galilee, in Israel. What's the reason why the Galilee was destroyed? Shayum Malayin Bechoshi. Because they used to uh, raise animals, the horshim, in the fields. Now the khara, we said it's permitted. In the fields, the horshim, in the yar, where there's no settlement, it's okay. So why should it be destroyed? We'll see in a second. And they also would judge, monetary cases, they would judge it with one judge. Now, even though it was Hoshin Samukhamatam, which means they did not raise the animals next to their homes, they were raising the animals far away from the Yeshuv. So, what's the problem? It's really a mutar. Why should the Galil be destroyed because of something that really was permissible? Uh, there was one field, small field, that was in the way that that was the way they had to bring the animals to the, to the field, that had to cross the skies. Small field. And they had to cross over that one small field to get it to the remote areas. And as a result, 
to get to the forest. As a result, they got punished. Look at that she. She says, They were not grazing in other people's fields. There's no gazel over there. Like we learned, you're allowed to grow, you're allowed to raise the animals over there. Uh, even according to Tekanat Yoshua, was permissible. So it comes again what on says, They got political with Sadeketana, and they crossed over that little guy's field over there, and therefore that caused them destruction. So you see the Avon of Gezel, how severe it is. That even one small parcel of lamb, because they crossed their animals over, and they went against the Tekanam, the Hakamim, but Manan, the Galil, was destroyed. Tell him about Manan. He had a guy, he bought all uh, uh, sheep and goats in Eretz Israel. He went against the Tekanam, the Hakamim. He's raising Behemad, the Kab, the Eretz Israel. All of a sudden, he comes to Shi'ur one day, he reads the Mishnah, Behemad, the Kab, Israel. He says, I didn't know this. So now he wants to make the Shuvah. No, what are you going to tell the guy? Get rid of all your stock? You can't make it. How can you do that? It's too, too, too much of a loss to, for him to, to get rid of all his uh, uh, animals. So the Quran says, In miyad, We don't obligate him to sell everything immediately. Let him sell it a little at a time. So they can get the right price. You know that the Hakamim was smart. They wanted to make the guy easy to make the shuvah. If they tell the guy, you got to sell everything in one day. It's too hard to make the shuvah. I'm not going to make the shuvah. They said, okay, slowly, slowly, get rid of the inventory. What happened? He inherited from his uh, uh, estate, his father, whatever it may be, a whole uh, a thing of pigs and uh, dogs. Now what happened? Or he converted. He converted now. He has the pigs. When he was a boy, he was allowed to have these things. Now he converts. What do you tell the guy? Oh, they convert. You got to get rid of all your dogs. Get rid of all your pigs. It's a big episode. Similarly, I read He wants to push himself to do a good deed. So the Allah says sometimes you can make a nidrim mitzvah. You push yourself, drezirizin, it's called. You make a nidr to push yourself to do something. You know what? I'm making a nidr, I'm buying a house in Israel, and I'm going to get married. So we say, Ein b'chaybin oto likah miyad, ad shi yimsa eta hogenet no. You know what's right? The first house you see, and the first girl you see, marry her. Because you made a nidr. No, 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 no. You don't have to go right away. But otherwise people are not going to make such nidrim anymore. Because they're going to say, well, the rabbi's going to enforce it immediately, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to get the quality. Well, he goes slow, you do it quick, but we don't tell him he has to marry the first girl that he sees, you know what? Until he finds somebody that is hogated, somebody that is suitable for him. Umaseh b'ishachad, the story of a lady, the child was giving her a lot of grief. The kid was giving her a hard time, the parent. So she was so angry, she was so nervous on this child. She got up and she made a shivwa and she says, Which means, the, anybody that comes to marry this kid, the first one, I'm just uh, getting, uh, I'm getting rid of him. She made an end, she, she can't stand again. The first one that comes and gives an offer, we're giving him. It was uh, obviously, it was a girl. So she says, uh, what happened? All of a sudden, the first guy that showed up was a bum. Uh, but she made it. Oh, the first guy that shows up, I'm getting rid of uh, I'm getting, getting rid of her. And who came? People that were not proper. So I went to the rabbis, what do we do? 
אמרנו, לא נתכוון אז הוא אלא להגון ל... The first good one that comes, not gonna, she, she said it in that way over there, but she never meant she's going to give the child over to somebody that is not alone. Therefore, the Achamim said, it's okay. Let's read it again, boys. Let's be dayek. The story of the lady, your mother, she was widowed. Our boy was giving her a hard time. Ben Ad says, right? The Kafsa of Nishba'ah you know what? You can't take it anymore. The first one that comes, we're going to get married to him. It'll be a consolation for us. We'll get married. The first guy shows up, he's a bum. And as she stuck, she made a nedir. Even though she made such a nedir, she really intended only for some of the hagun. She didn't intend to go take some of the hagun. Just like they said that you're not to raise behemadaka, meaning a sheep or a goat. And it's hayadaka. Hayadaka would be, for example, a deer. And things like that, that's also forbidden. The Bishmael Omer, Megadelim, Kelabim, Kofrin, Vahatulin, Vekofin, Vekholdot, Senaim. Let's go to each one of these items. Bishmael says, you're allowed to raise Kelabim. Okay, dogs. Kofrin, cats. Hatulim, monkeys. Hatulim, cats. What's kofrin? Kelabim is a type of cat, dogs. Correct. Kofrin, kama. Hatulim, small dogs. Is kelabim kofrin? Small dogs. Hatulim is cats. Kofin, monkeys. Vecholdot, weasels. Sinaim. Cholot sinaim in bushes. They go in the bushes, in the thorn bushes, like. Now. What's the reason why all these animals you're allowed to raise in Israel? They, exactly, they clean the house from mice and rats, from rodents. So they, these, these, these serve a purpose over here. Right? They get rid of the mice. So therefore, it's like extermination. So we leave them in the... Uh, leave them. What is Choldot Sinaim? These weasels that are in the bushes. Amar of Yehuda, Shirtza Harza. Creeping, digging animal. A creeping, digging animal. Sharsa is a creeping. Harza, it digs like a mole of some sort. Vika de Amri, some say, Harza de Katine Shakia, the Daya. It's a certain type of stinging animal that has little legs, right? Thin legs. The Katine Shakia, small legs. The Daya Verdini. And it uh, grazes. Between the bushes. Right, by the bushes. Why do they call it a shed? It's really not a shed. It's not a creeping, uh, 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 crawling uh, creature. So this is the metata'e shakia. Because underneath has small legs. So it looks like a shed. Because its legs are very short. Once the Jewish people moved to Babel, so Babel became like Israel. There's Yishuv. Everybody has land. So the same law applies. Everybody's going to bring uh, their behemadaka to Babel. What's going to happen? The animal's going to eat everybody's property. So they're going to say, you know what? We made the rule in Babel. Keres Yisrael. Amal Rav Adabar Haval Ravuna. Didach Mai. Oh, it seems Ravuna had behemadaka in Babel. So Rav Adabar Haval comes along and says, hey, well, what about you? Who allowed you to bring behemadaka? What are you doing? What about the Gezerah? 
says, Amale, Didan, Kamintera Lehu, Chova. There's no worry. Chova, that was the name of Rebunah's wife. She's watching it. She takes care of it. She's very careful. And she's, uh, she's uh, takes care of sure that they don't go out and uh, damage. Amale, uh, he says, we read this uh, uh, rhetorically. Chova, Tikberinu, Libna. What? Is Choba going to bury your children? What, what is he saying? So there's two explanations. Either he was saying it like I just told you. That's not those four words. Rhetorically meaning, what do you mean? She, she doesn't have children to raise? Did she bury her children already? She's too busy raising her children. How does she have time to watch the animal? What? Did Choba bury her children yet? As if to say, she has time for this? Her children are still alive. Or he was saying it. What is this over here? We made a takana. And now you're telling me she's watching? It makes such an ex- exclusion. The rest of the life of the The children of Choba did not live. Because it came out of his mouth. Once already, he didn't mean to kill them. But once already, the rabbi said, Choba! All the children that came from Choba to Ravuna died. Once the the Shalit, the, the king, releases words from his mouth, even though he didn't mean them, but already it happened. Gemara continues. Ravuna said the name of Rav. Asinu atzmenu bebabel keeris Yisrael lebehema daka. We made ourselves in Babel, like Eretz Yisrael regarding behema daka, that we do not raise sheep and cattle in Babel. Why? Michi atar Rav lebabel. From when Rav moved to Babel, that's when it was enacted. Because when he moved, many Jews moved with him. And as a result of that, the Yishuv in Babel became very populated. Therefore, the Hachamim did not want the people to raise these animals, because they eat other people's lands. And therefore, it's going to affect the settlement. Therefore, they made a Tekana, just like they made an Eretz Yisrael. Rav Ushmuel, the Rav Aseh, three rabbis, they got to the Seuda of the Shivua Haben. Shivua Haben, she says, Brit Milah. Hashem, Shavru Alav Shivat Shamim. So they called it Shivua Habben. Because a week passed, they would make a Saudat, Brit Milah. The Amrilah, Lebe Yeshua Habben. And some say they went to a party called Yeshua Habben. And she said, That's Pidyon. Because after 30 days, the child is redeemed. And the Aramaic interpretation of the word Yeshua is Purkan. Purkan is a redemption. So therefore, Either they're out of Milah or they're out of Pidyon. What's the point? Rav, okay. Rav did not want to enter the room before Shemuel. Now we're going to have a story where the rabbis, each one is giving kavod to each other, but they don't want to walk into the room. So Rav doesn't want to go in front of Shemuel. Now, Shemuel did not want to go in front of Rav Aseh, because Rav Aseh was greater than Shemuel. Rav Aseh did not want to go in front of Rav because he was the uh, Rav was the uh, rabbi of Rav Aseh. So he was a Talmud. So therefore everybody has a reason but nobody wants to go in front of everybody. 
Amre, so the students that were with them, they said, Man nitra. Which one should wait outside? Which is, which rabbi should wait outside until the others go in? They were trying to understand, really, who should go in first and who should wait outside? Nitrah, or actually, man nitrah, right? Who should be matriah to stay outside? So it says, Nitrah, Shemuel. Let Shemuel wait outside. Venite Rav, the Rav Aseh. And let Rav go in, and then the student, Rav Aseh, and then uh, Shemuel. So the Yabarah says, what do you mean? Venitrah, Rav, do the opposite. Let Rav stay outside, and let Rav Aseh and uh, Shemuel walk in. Or Rav Aseh, or let Rav Aseh wait outside, the student, and let uh, Shemuel go in, and then Rav, which means, what, what's, what's the difference? Why they were saying uh, one way over another? Because it seems uh, Shemuel cannot go in front of uh, Rav Aseh because Shemuel is a uh, student. Uh, or Rav cannot go for a Rav. So let one, Rav or Rav Aseh stay outside. Let the other go in and then uh, Shemuel will go in uh, after them. So the Yomara says, Rav milta be'alma hu de'avad le'lishmuel. Oh, really Rav, the reason why I was giving him kavod is because of a story. Rav really was greater than Shemuel. So why did he afford him the kavod? They didn't want to go into the room first? Because of the story, Meshum Because of the story that we learned once that he cursed him. What happened? Shemuel was a doctor. He did the medicine. Rav one time had problems with his stomach. So he gave him uh, to drink. And he wasn't showing him where the, uh, where the bathroom was. He felt that that was part of the rifuah. Rav got upset that uh, Shemuel is uh, not showing him where the bathroom is. So he cursed him. Christmas shouldn't have children. And uh, that's what happened. The kachave. He said his children did not make it. So therefore, as a result, Rav felt bad. So he used to appease Shemuel by giving him extra kavod. So Rav did not go in, not because he felt Shemuel was greater than him, because of the ma'aseh. Okay, so therefore, anyway, uh, that's why Rav waited outside. So Rav waited outside to give kavod to Shemuel. Shemuel waited outside in order to give kavod to Ramaseh. So then the Talmudim came along and said, uh, we should be Matiyah Shemuel, really. That's, that's what they understood. Adbere Rav Ale. That's why Rav was respecting him. Adbere respected him. Therefore he gave him Kavod. He was no Hegbor. Kavod because of the story that he cursed him. Anyway, the Gemara says, <coughs> Correct. Comes the Gemara says, In the interim, at the Shundra, to the party, also the cat showed up. And it bit off the hand of the baby. Either the baby that they were doing the Bidatu, or the baby they were doing the Pidyon to. Cat came in, bit the hand off. So Rav left the party and said, You see a cat in the street? Kill it. And you're not allowed to leave it alive. The end of Mishum Gezel. And don't worry about Gezel. Don't worry about you took it from somebody's, uh, from the owner. The end of Mishum Hashem Avedan Ba'alim. And you don't have to, you don't have any problem of returning it. A lost cat. You have no problem, you have to return it to the owner. So Gabriel says, what are all these statements for? Because the bottom line, it's a dangerous animal. See, cats, cats are dangerous, therefore, get rid of them. 
So the Gemara says, and the Amart, Mutan de Horgo, once you're ready to have said you're allowed to kill the cat, my new too, Asur le Kayemo. What do you mean? It's forbidden to keep it alive. Hainuach, you're allowed to kill it, it's Asur to keep it alive. What do you have to say both statements for? The Gemara says, Mahod Etema, Mutan de Horgo, Isura leka. You're allowed to kill it, but if there's no isu to keep it alive, that's what you would have thought. Kamash ma'alan. That what? That, no. It's permissible to kill it, and it's asur not to. You have to kill it. If it just would have said mutal de orgo, you would have thought, eh, mutal, but you don't have to. Kamash mutal de asur de kayemo. You cannot leave it alive. Amne, the chemon, the amat, endo mishum gezel. Once you tell me there's no gezel, if you steal, the, if you take the cat in, in order to kill it, it's like I said, gezel, mine you too, and what do you have to tell me that there's no problem with Shabbat Avedah? Because if you can, there's no gezel, you don't have to return it to the owners. So the Abraham says, Amar Avina Le'oro, to the skin. Meaning if you found the cat dead already, you do not have to return it to the owner for its hide. You're able to keep it. Betiwe, the Gemara has a question. So the Gemara has to me what cats are dangerous. Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar omen the gedelin kelamin kofrim. We learn on the Amud Rishon. You were allowed to raise small dogs, the hatudim and cats, the kofin and monkeys, the chuldot senaim and these type of weasels that are in the bushes. Bepre shasuin lenaker etabayit. Because they rid the house from mice. So therefore, we said, you're allowed to raise them. So you see why you're allowed to raise a cat. So what does Rav say? You have to kill the cats. Kamara says, La kashia. Ha bi'uchma, ha bi'hivra. Depends what color. Black cat is okay. White cat, dangerous. What do you mean the Kamara says? Beha ma'ase de Rav, uchma havatam. Oh. You know what I said? In Rav's case, it was a black cat. So you see, but he still killed it. You know what I said? Yeah, but you don't know the history of that cat. Uchma bar Havrava. It was a black cat, the son of a white cat. Oh. Ravina had a question regarding that. That was Ravina's question. White cat, we know we're dangerous. But what about a black cat, the son of a white cat? That was a shayda. And you know, I'm saying so pursuit, you kill it. It was not a Kikabibail Ravina. When Ravina had the question, That was a black cat, the son of a white cat, who was the son of a black cat. Its origin is really black. However, Rav's case was Masidra Biuchma Barhibara Barhibara. In Rav's case, it was a black cat. From uh, white lineage, the father and the grandfather as well. So therefore, there was no shayla. Mara continues. Amar of Acha bar Papa Meshum Rabbi Abba bar Papa Meshum Rabbi Ada bar Papa. Va'amnida Amar Rabbi Abba bar Papa Meshum Rabbi Chayab bar Papa Meshum Rabbi Acha bar Papa. Va'amnida Rabbi Abba bar Papa Meshum Rabbi Acha bar Papa Meshum Rabbi Chayab bar Papa. Matviin al ha'hichuch. Bishabbat. Okay, now we're talking about the uh, plagues and different things that happened in Klai Yisrael. When Hakamim allowed us even to blow the shofar and the trumpets on Shabbat in order to gather the people to make tefillot and make special uh, 
make special prayers. Number one, ala hikuch. That's a certain type of boils that cause people to scratch. Ala hikuch. Vedelet haninailet. Literally, that means a door that was closed. A person has a door that was closed on him. He cannot have. He doesn't have success. The door is being closed on him. Simply, it means he doesn't see this beracha in his panasa. Lo beberate patah. The door is closed, so generally speaking, it doesn't open that fist. And therefore, for this guy, he can blow the shofar on Shabbat to make a special tefillah. And if somebody buys a house in Israel from a goy, you're able to write the ono, the receipt, even on Shabbat, because they want to make such a big thing of the Mechirat Eretz Israel. Uh, they want you to buy the land up, so they let you write the. Uh, you don't write it up, the Goy writes it up. But you're allowed to tell him to write it up for you. Even though normally Amir al is Asur. Shvut is Asur. In this case, you can tell the Goy to write it for you in order to make the sale. We learned in the Ta'anit. There's other types of tragedies. That come onto the sibur. For example, hikuch, that's boils, that cause people to scratch. Hagav, that's the greatest opposite, causes the damage in the fields. Zvuv, that's the flies that come and uh, bite the people. Sra, is the hornets, also sting. Vitush, vitush is really the small bugs, mosquitoes that go in the eyes, they go up the person's nose. And snakes and scorpions that are damaging. Which means on Shabbat, that would not be an excuse enough to blow the shofar. They just scream out, they pray. Uh, so we have a question. We just said, even blow the shofar, take the shofar out. So here it says, you don't. So the Gabbara says, the two types of boils. Lakashia. Kan they can be avish. It depends. If you have moist boils, they're not as bad as the dry ones. They can be avish. How do we know that the dry boils are the most severe? Because those were the boils that Borei Olam brought on the Egyptians. How do you know? The boils that God brought on the Egyptians, it's moist on the outside, but dry on the inside. It was moist on the outside. But on the inside, it was indeed dry. And so if Borealam brought that one on the Egyptians, that must be the most severe one. So therefore, there's no sin lach and yevish. We said the door that's closed, it doesn't get open that quickly. Mayhi, what is this referring to? Uh, they were trying to give simicha to a certain hakam. Right? The rabbi decided we're going to give this guy simicha. And they're going to give him the title of 
Rabbi. Uh, but what happened? Uh, got delayed. So the Yomara says over here, once items like this get delayed, usually they don't, uh, they don't end up happening. It doesn't work out. But I says, Ravashi Amar, Ravashi said, Kol amiri'inlo, lo bimera metibimlo. Wow. In Shamayim, if they put him on the bed list, and they miri'inlo, it's not so fast as the guy's mazal change, where they start to do good to him. Which means it's not so simple. When the mazal of a person's bed, it's not so simple. That's what the Gabbara says, in Shabbat, le'olam yibakesh adam shelo yichileh. The person should always pray, he should never get sick. Because once he gets sick, now already he has to get his echut to get better. So therefore, uh, he should pray that his mazal always remains good. Because once already his mazal turns, now he needs echut for the mazal to change. Wow. Hamid Difti says, no, it's not hard to change, it never changes. That's not so. He just had a personal story. And there was a story with Rabbi Difti where uh, the rabbis wanted to appoint him as Rosh Hashivah, but it kept on getting pushed off. And if we ended up not getting the job as Rosh Hashivah, they tell the story. The story goes like this. Uh, the story goes like this. So we talk about Rabbi Difti. The story is like this. Mor Barav Asher once heard from a Shoteh. He said, in the Eid Matam Mahsiyah, the city of Mahsiyah, Yimnu Rosh Shiva. Lemi Shechotam Shemot Tibyomi. Somebody that has the name Tibyomi, the Shote kept on saying, he's going to come Rosh Shiva in Babel. Mikivan Shemot Baravashiyah, Atzmaya Chotam Shemokin, that's what they called him. Tibyomi, that was his name. So he went there to get the, uh, to take the job. Hevin Shigiyah Shatun at Marut Rosh Shiva. Mir Mahsiyah. He went there. already they sent two Hachamim. That is four rabbis. He doesn't stay here with me. And then they sent two more rabbis. At the end of the day over here, there were ten rabbis over there. Then what happened? Once he had ten rabbis, he had yeshiva. So he started to be Doresh. Bingo, he became Rosh Hashiva. So that's what happened. So he lost his job, Rabbi Hamidifti. So he said, once a person's mazal... Not, in, not destined, he loses it forever. He cannot, he cannot get it back. So he goes, nah, he was talking for his, his own situation. Okay. So he said, if a person buys a house in Eretz on Shabbat, he can write the receipt, Afilu Shabbat, Even on Shabbat. What do you mean? They're going to be so lenient, they're going to Jew write a star uh, on Shabbat. Israel, the rabbis did not make a gezerah. 
אמר רבי שמואל בנחמני, אמר רבי יונתן, הלוקח עיר בארץ ישראל, person buys a city in ארץ ישראל, כופין אותו לקח לדרך מארבעה רוחותיה, which means the bet is going to obligate the person to buy access roads on all four sides of the city in order that the piece of city that he bought, the city that he bought, is connected and has access to the other parts of Israel. Because, again, it's part of the settlement of Israel that the cities are connected, it's cohesive. So therefore, you have to, when a person buys a city, he's got to make sure that there are roads that connect it to the rest of Israel. Baruch Adonai Olam. Amen.